Is that a new background I see on your screen? I know. Isn't that great? I feel special. I feel like I, you knew I was coming on and you wanted to step your game up. So you, you put that on for me. You, you know, it's incredible, uh, Sean. Um, the, on my birthday, I came in to do my podcast and there was a box of Kleenex next to my desk. And I purposely don't allow Kleenex in my podcast studio because I don't want anyone to think I'm jerking off in here. It's like an <laughs> uh, insecurity right. I have. And, and, and I needed paper towels in here once because I spilt coffee. And even that was hard for me to get my head wrapped around. But I came in here and this was in here. And I'm like, that is really weird. So I thought, oh, my kids must have come in here. I'm going to have to figure that out. I can't have like them in here, you know, fooling around. And then at the end of the podcast, my wife came in with this sign that the audience members had pulled their money together and bought me that sign. And my wife knew I cried for 15 minutes straight. It fucked ruined my whole day. Yeah, dude, that's, that's a, uh, there isn't a much bigger compliment than your audience pooling cash together to get you something awesome for your office. Dude. That's cool. Someone, I saw someone from the audience yesterday mm-hmm. on, at, at some event I was at, and they asked me if I was faking the crying. <laughs> I said, dude. That's a hard thing to do for, I said my, for 15 minutes. I said my eyes didn't. Yeah, it, and it was 15 minutes. My eyes didn't open the rest of the day. They were permanently. Sean, I like you and I feel bad doing this to you, but I, but I'm really wound up. Uh, um, if uh, Maybe you're going to like this. You never know. Some people like this stuff. Some people don't. I received this this morning. Oh, here we go. And hot. yeah, I. I told you guys, I I told you guys that when Nicole Carroll went to branding and left training, that I have no faith in fucking CrossFit anymore. Uh-oh. I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I know. Don't I look? That's crazy that you think I look good this morning. Because I looked in the mirror too this morning. I was like, fuck, you are. I'm lifting heavy again. I, I front squatted 60 pounds, 60 pound D-ball. Five go. reps on the minute for 30 minutes while I studied Sean, Sean Pastuch. Hold on, wait, did you pull that D-ball off the ground or did you pull it from some, some shelf that made it easy? Off for the you? ground, off Look the ground. You. Easy, buddy. There's, this is too much man on this screen right now. Easy, buddy. I normally only do front squats with a 40-pound D-ball. I did 60 pounds, just five reps on the minute for 30 minutes. I got up my swole on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is crazy. This is fucking idiot world. Listen, <laughs> listen. Do you, do you know why Danny Spiegel uh, and, and all these other girls, I'm not picking on her, but she just seems to work so good. Do you know why she poses face down with the G string looking at the camera? Are you asking me my opinion? On sure. I, I was a rhetorical, but I'd love your opinion. <laughs> I mean, my, my, it gets eyeballs. <laughs> right. It's attention, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and then, and then other, and then when other people, she, she gets attention for it. They're going to do it also. They'll want to replicate it. Right. For some reason, people want attention. Is that fair? Yeah, algebra good. I tried. I tried that. (laughs) Show me. It didn't show me. My wife has those photos. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, if for some reason you had to do this, if you had to do this behind closed doors, because someone had a gun to your head, I give you a pass. I love you. Congratulations on your strength, your positioning, all of it. I'm fucking so proud of you. Choosing an adequate weight. They allowed you to get into a good posture. But to put this fucking photo 
on CrossFit training. If for some reason you thought CrossFit, maybe it hasn't lost its way. Maybe there is hope. You're wrong. You're right. You're absolutely have lost your fucking mind and they have lost their fucking mind. I don't care if a hundred thousand times she can do that without hitting the baby. The one time she can't, that lady's life is over. Well, or the babies. Well, of course the babies, but I'm a selfish parent. I can't even yell at my kid without it fucking shaking me for the next week that I did something inappropriate. Dude, my, my newsletter last week was all about how I yelled at my kid. And, and I never do that. Yeah, so fucks your fucks your whole day up. Yeah, I forgot to turn on my beauty light. Sorry. I thought you looked great. I have one of those ring lights that's supposed to make my shit pop. My beauty. oh, there I, you go. Now I, you can now you can throw the thong on and go face down. <laughs> this isn't cool, right, Sean? Um, this is not something I would want my wife doing with our kids. Definitely not. What about the leading fitness and uh, uh, what about the leading health brand, the people who have the cure for the world's most vexing problem, a holistic community that supports each other into making healthy choices? You, and, and this is their main training Instagram. The only one that didn't get a, a race. Do you understand that? This is the only count that didn't get erased in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's their big daddy account. And they ha- they're holding – uh, 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 enough weight to kill that baby if for some reason it were to slip out of her hands. Or maybe she got the vax and she'd have myocarditis and drop that on the baby. <laughs> well, I mean, possible. It, it, it's also if, if mom falls down. Yes. Right. There, there, there's a lot of earthquake. It's just not, it's just not a necessary. It, it's, it doesn't make the training session better. It doesn't, there's a, there's something that could have been done. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm with you. I don't like it. Uh, people are going well, to, the thing is, uh, Devesh Maharaj, the hammer. Thank you for joining us. I, I, I care. I care this much that she's doing it. I care this much. You can't even see my arms that CrossFit training is putting this on the front end. This is nuts, dude. Well, I think the point that you're making, it's not I even mean- a bad, de- it's not even a bad decision, dude. It's beyond a bad. It's it, it's 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 several bad decisions in a row. By the way, ba- baby carriers are stupid. Well, I think the point being here for the people who are who are struggling to get behind it is that um, it's the it's the worry that this becomes a thing that people now think that they need to do in order to fit into the model. If that that's, makes sense. Yeah, that's the really bad part. Yeah, you're right. That's the, the we have we have fentanyl in the room and we have a needle and unfortunately now we have someone getting clapping getting a hand clap for using both of them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you're right. It's too far. Savan, one one of your listeners just asked me to turn up the volume. Are you able to hear me? I hear you great. Ignore them. Ignore them unless they send you a, uh, ignore them. They're they're naughty people. It's probably this okay. guy, Omar Cornejo. I don't know if it was Omar. Let me see who it is. How about you get your ears checked? I'm just making sure you can hear me. I hear you. Great. Thank you. Uh, Jay Hartle, a wise Armenian man. There's a fucking seat right behind her for the baby. Yeah. The baby probably got out of the seat. I mean, look, you're, you're a parent. I'm a parent. I can imagine the baby got out of the seat and the kid wanted to be in the way. So mom put the baby on her. She might not have been snatching. She might've been overhead squatting. If we give her all of the possible, that might that be made of foam. Bad. Those might be styrofoam weights. There's that. She read the influencer weights. It could be that. Um, it's just, I, I get the message that you're saying. It's like, look, if, if, if the workout called for overhead squats and you had to bring the baby in that day, maybe sub the movement. 
Justin M- 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 McClintock. Justin McClintock. Yes. Uh, s- so- sounds good here. Good. Any name with the uh, with the word "ock" in it, uh, I like. Austin Austin Hartman, Sevon's the naughtiest person I know. Yeah, and I would not do that, dude. I let my kid crawl all over the gym. I brought my kid and I threw a blanket down. My kid was everywhere in the gym. I would. I don't do anything that puts my kid at a completely unnecessary risk. There is no, your kid is not an accoutrement. What do you think of dogs in that light? Cause dogs running around the gym and people are snatching overhead squatting and whatnot. Um, way, way more tolerance for it. Of course, of course there's stories where dogs have been killed and maimed and all that shit, but way more tolerant for it. Cause it's just a fucking dog, but still wrong. What if a dog trips someone? I mean, I mean, we've seen, there's endless videos right on YouTube where people are dropping weights and just missing the dogs. I, I think the dog's inappropriate too. Even when I deadlift around my dog, I'm like, dude, like, it, it, Hey, it's, it's bad for me too. What if I make a sudden movement and, and, um, and, and hurt myself? Mm-hmm, for sure just the risk to reward ratio is um i don't see any reward in having the baby the baby is not benefiting from that at all zero it's not getting some spatial awareness or bonding time with mom or and i never use one of those my wife would use one of those i never use one of those i think it's bullshit carry your baby until you can't and then set your baby down <laughs> We, we all the babies I know that have problems with crawling and they do the scoot and all that shit. It was because parents thought it was cute to wear their babies in those all the time. And they didn't put their babies up. on the ground. We, what? We have three, we have three daughters. The first one, well, the scoot never crawled and we're seeing it now in the way that she runs and all that. And I'm actually helping her work through it. Um, Did you use a baby school, carrier with her? Did you use baby carrier? Well, we, with her? we use it with all three. We use oh. it with all three. Oh. So we were soft for all three of our kids. Um, but that's what I was going to say is I don't know if there's a correlation between kids scooting and wearing the carrier. Cause our first one scooted our next two crawled and they all got. Um, I would say that there's a correlation between the carrier and your first kid because people, I think parents hold their kids too much. Well, I think there's a relationship between the carrier and soft parents. They just want my kid to be close to me. And I'm like, don't, you know, don't, yeah. don't go anywhere. And I, and I wasn't strong enough to carry her all the time, I guess. And I come work out with you. And and that yeah, you need to carry a 40 pound D ball. And then the first child also um gets that um doesn't get any benign neglect. So what you know what I mean? Yes, like I do. it's it's just I mean, we call our first one Prince Avi. When I saw my younger kids could dress themselves before my older kid, I was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. fuck this one up. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's got time to fix it. Yeah. What do you think about scooting? You think does that concern you that she didn't crawl? Oh yeah. I, and we see it now as she, I mean, she's eight, right? Uh-huh. Um, but so I'll tell you a funny story. I think you'll like this. Her, her first day of real school, like she's, she always thought she's like, I'm, I'm a great athlete. I'm fast. I'm all these things. I'm, I'm the smartest. I'm That's the best. good. Oh yeah. We, we instill confidence and we never tell her, no, you're not. We just say, yeah, you're fast. Right. Yeah. Well, the first day of school, cause she didn't go to school when they had to wear masks. I wasn't sending her to wear a mask and sit in the cubicle as a six-year-old. So her first year in school, the first day they have gym class and they're outside and they're all running. Comes home from school. She's like, I hate school. I never want to go back. <laughs> Why do you hate school? She said, because I was the slowest kid in gym class. Mm. And I'm like, oh man, okay. So reality kind of sunk in, right? Mm. 
and mind you, when I was her age, I was, I was very slow. I couldn't coordinate my feet, my knees, my hips, none of that. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I was very fast. And I, I was known for my speed wow. uh, in college and afterwards. But so I said to her, I'm like, okay, do you want to get better? She said, yeah. So we practiced running. Like we worked out practicing running every day for until she had been faster than three kids and was comfortable with it. Yeah. But it, wow. so it, it wasn't the, uh, I'm definitely concerned about her gait and things like that. Now, when she jumps, her knees go in, uh, when she runs, her feet still kind of swing out to the side and I have to remind her knees up, you know, it's, there's not a lot of cueing you're going to give to an eight year old who's not a natural born athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something that we're actively working on for sure. We crawl around now as, as, as rehab. I, I, I have no proof of this. I have no, I've never read this anywhere. This is just pure horseshit. What I'm about to tell you. Love it. Um, I think crawling is the Holy grail of fitness and that no kid should ever be taught how to walk or encouraged to walk. Oh, I, I don't think that's horseshit. I think there's actually plenty of evidence. So, so, you know, you know what a diastasis is? When the stomach, like uh, when you do, when you do too many pull-ups when you're pregnant and it rips your stomach open. And get it as a result of being pregnant and the pull-ups are revelatory. It doesn't cause it, but okay. Darn it. You're ruining my story, but I'm going to give you supporting evidence. (laughs) We're we're all born that way. With diastasis. Oh, I didn't know that. Crawling closes it. Wow. Yes. God, humans are fascinating. Uh, can you explain that a little bit more to me? Literally, why would um, that's why babies kind of have those bulbous stomachs? This, the the muscles haven't come around. That I can't speak to. I'm not I'm not clear on on the reason for a bulbous stomach. But what I can tell you is that when we're born, our it's called the lip alba or abs. It's the, it's the line that goes down the middle of the six instead of three pack. Right, it, it divides them in half. When we're babies, that's not fully formed and solidified. And the cross gate patterning of crawling, you know, having yourself on all fours, the plank position, and then the detorsion from side to side, force that ligament to actually tighten and start to become a line or but it becomes tighter and it forms itself. And so that's why after partum, companies like BirthFit um, start working on reverse curl uh, crawling patterns with others to reform the linear alba down the middle. Hey, do you have two windows open or is there anyone else on your Wi-Fi? I don't. I have a monitor on behind me. Is it coming up? Is it ruining the screen? So just something your connection uh, keeps um, cu- dropping in and out. Do you have pretty good Wi-Fi where you're at? It could have just been just a fluke too. Yeah, we have, we have a gig and I'm about seven feet from the – Okay. Router. Okay. From the router. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what any of these words mean, but I just think that there's not enough that, that work that you put in when you're a kid crawling, a kid should be rewarded for it, clapped for it, loved for it, never encouraged to crawl be, or to, to walk because once you stand, you, you don't, you don't ever get on all four again, unless you're, uh, 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 a fitness female influencer, then you'll do some time <laughs> on all right. four collecting your, your fan right. base. No, it's definitely, it's definitely it's a benefit. crazy. Um, you, you own three CrossFit gyms. I have owned three CrossFit gyms right now. I own none, but I owned three in my career. Yes. 
Yeah, that's nuts. I had, I had, no, and and then you, you part in night in 2017 was your last uh, ownership of one. Yeah, 2017, December 31st. Wow, wow. There's a lot there, Savan. I've spent more money defending CrossFit than probably any other CrossFit affiliate owner in history. Those were all in New York. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to have to have you on twice already. I'm happy to come on as many times as you want. Um, how old are you? 39. Do I look, do I look 39? I, I I guess you were, uh, 10 years younger than me between 10 and 15 years younger than me, which you are. There we go. Yeah. Cause you have a little bit of gray hair, but you have really nice skin still. You don't have any, the wrinkles that's phase two. Thank you. Well, the gray hair comes from, um, starting businesses and having three daughters and the wrinkles, I guess, come from, from more time. And how old are your daughters? I have four, six, and eight. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. You're stoked. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and, you, and you're still married? <laughs> still happily married. That's the first, that, that comes first, man. Well, I that's, come first, then my wife, then my kids. Dude, that's awesome. You know that's awesome, right? I do. I'm, 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 I'm grateful for it every day. Yeah, it's the, uh, it, that's awesome. Oh, what's this say? Uh, Jordan, uh, uh, Harry Jordan. Uh, <laughs> first, Michael Cashew, now Sean Pastuch. You've been sending me back to 2017. I know, where was I? I was just behind a camera. I didn't even know these guys back then. Well, you knew me in 2017. You just didn't know it because I was in okay. one of your documentaries okay. at, at, at the CrossFit Games. But Jordan was a, a brute strength athlete back in 2017, and I used to travel the country doing seminars with them and coaching their athletes with Michael and Matt Bruce and Nick Sorrell and Adrian Conway, um, and I'm leaving somebody, uh, Chris Hinshaw. And Jordan used to come to the seminars and work with Brutus and Athlete. Did, um, uh, at Carson, there was the – there was um, – that area underneath the stadium where all the athletes were, were lying down and they would get worked on. Were you one of the guys that worked on the athletes down there? In Carson under the stadium. Let me, yeah. Un- in Carson. It, well, it looked, it feels was, like it's was, like, yeah. There was that, that, that brown tent next to like the handball courts or whatever they were in the back. And there was the warm up area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I, know what you, I wasn't allowed into that area where you're talking about with the, it, under the stadium that was for sponsors only so oh I that's had, right they had like a lululemon ice bath there and shit you're right yeah, that was great I, I, I was allowed to come in there because i had the the coach band but yeah. i wasn't allowed to bring my table in there and where would i did i did i talk to you while you were working on an athlete yeah so i forget what year the document i think it was what was the last year in carson when brooke wells took sixth was that 16 or 17 I, I, uh, I don't know whatever year it was. Okay. Uh, my business partner at the time was working on Brooke. She was a client of ours and oh. you came over to film because she was doing really well. And you were like, Hey, are you married? And he thought you meant her at the time. He's rubbing her butt. Yeah. Like, totally, yes. totally clinically. Not, not, not yeah, that's one of the highlights of my whole, uh, of t- over 20 years of interviewing people. That's one of my highlights. I figured it once it happened, we were driving back to the airport. I'm like, dude, you know, you're going to be in the trailer like that. You're in the trailer. For the thing. It's not, you're not just in it. You're like in the trailer. Yeah. 
how cool uh kudos to brooke for how well she handled that too that was a really uncomfortable situation i was like <laughs> okay sevy do it for those of you guys who don't understand there was some guy rubbing brooke wells butt and i just walked over to him and asked him if he was married and it was supposed On to be camera. just a bit a joke On yeah camera. it's like the kind of stuff you're probably not supposed to talk about if you're the masseuse or the body worker with the super hot fucking uh ridiculous uh athlete yeah, well, it, it worked out to be TV magic because he said no, but he meant not to Brooke. Right. He is married to an woman, and he, he quickly corrected it on camera, which made it even better. And she handled it so good. I, I was so impressed at how she handled it. I'm always impressed by the, the athletes that know how to work those moments, those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I want to go back. So can you tell me how you got into CrossFit? You're you're in your very first gym, kind of the build up to that. Yes. Um, And then, and then hopefully in this um, hour and a half in this 90 minutes today, we can at some point figure out, I want to tie that to why you're not owning a gym now and then talk about a little bit what you do and then maybe have you back on if if we, cause I have a feeling we're going to run out of time. Listen, man, this is your show. I'm happy to answer whatever questions you want. And if we do. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I was actually, I was, I was the guy who watched the 2009 CrossFit games. I think that it was when the technique was terrible, but people were trying things that no one had ever done before. And I was the hater, full disclosure. I I was in chiropractic school. I've been a personal trainer since 2005. I was like, that's bad movement. These people are all going to get hurt. That's stupid. That's dumb. No way. Then one of my friends in chiropractic school brought it to our weight room. He's like, just do, just do one workout. So I did one workout, the exhaustion, you know, that was really hard, humbling. Um, frankly, my ego wasn't ready to acknowledge that I wasn't fit. And so why were you a good athlete? Were you a good athlete at that point? In my own head. Right? Remember my yeah, mom told me okay. I was a good jumper and runner when I was a baby. Okay. Uh, I, would, I, I didn't play any sports in college. I got recruited to play baseball at, at Quinnipiac and Towson and passed it up to go get cut by the team at Maryland. That's the okay, but So you were an athlete. So you were an athlete. You had, you had a reason to believe that you were yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like when I was training at Equinox, if I was push pushing 135 at 150 pounds, people were like, that guy is a freak. Yeah. But I wasn't. I was just a bunch of people who not freaks at all. I've never right, seen right, one. Right. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll get to the long story short. Um, one of my friends is named Dr. Chris Steppi and he owns a business called Barefoot Rehab. He was like, you have to try dropping in to a CrossFit gym because that's where you're going to be able to get the kind of patients who you want to see. He and I were both practicing a bunch of soft tissue work. So I went to CrossFit Garden City uh, with Dennis Marshall and Jennifer Hunter Marshall when it was still on, I think it was Nassau Boulevard in Garden City. It was like a hole in the wall. It was a, a hallway gym. Is that New York uh, State? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Long Island. So I remember I walked in the first day. I was wearing my Nike basketball sneakers with the air bubble, right? And there were some kind of presses going on that day. And a member was like, hey, next time you come in, you're going to want to wear flat shoes. I remember that vividly. Then they were doing muscle ups. And I was like, I could probably do that. And I went and tried and it was, you definitely can't do that. <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. And so I, I got hooked. I got the bug for, I had just received really good coaching from Dennis and Jen. Um, there were things that I could do. 
that made I don't me know feel, him, but she's out of this world. He's he's also a great coach. Yeah, awesome. I have, I have a lot of respect for both of them. Um, and long story short, they let me start treating patients out of their gym and working out there. And that's how I got my start in CrossFit. And then it, effectively, I was in clinical practice with my father and my uncle in a chiropractic office. And I wasn't, you know, they, they're very traditional chiropractors. And I was much more soft tissue, exercise, uh, get out of my office. Um, and so I decided to go open my own CrossFit gym with a friend of mine who was running one already somewhere else. We came together, we opened my clinic and a CrossFit gym in Long Beach, New York in 2011. Our opening day was October 24th, 2011. Uh, And there's a lot that goes into that story, but I'll start, I'll just give you this much. We, We put a sign in the window that said CrossFit coming soon, here's the phone number to call. People were calling. And the way that we built our original membership base was by working out for free with people who had signed up. We said, if you buy your first month or your year, whatever it is, you get to work with us for free every Tuesday and Thursday at, let's say, five o'clock. I don't remember exactly what day or what time it was. And by the time that we actually opened our gym, like got, got our permits and all that kind of stuff, we had almost 50 people working out on the sidewalk, running up and down the street. And we were already considered a menace to our town. Yeah. 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 So that's how we got our start. Uh, Oh, a little, a little, uh, a little choppy this morning. Um, I like this dude, but is he on Brian's old laptop? Um, Is he uh, Brandon Waddell is Sean Pastuch borrowing Brian's internet. Brian's a regular guest I have on the (laughs) show. He used to have ass internet. I think it's good now guys. Easy. Everyone chill out. These are the worst things that come my way today. We're going to do really well. Uh, uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor, I'm going to go with Trevor, the Trevor, the pole <laughs> Polish Trevor. I've seen dogs hit by falling weights in gyms. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, David from, uh, this, this is a guy from Spain. I mean, they, they don't even have internet there. They have a hamster. He's like the Mickey D Wi-Fi is awful. Shut it. Hey, um, did you, in 2011, had you met your wife yet? Oh yeah. Uh, where did you meet her? University of Maryland. Oh, so you guys have been together a long time. I met her in April or I I met her in March. We started kind of dating in April of my senior year. Which would be 1990. No, no. 2002. 2005. I was doing me. I was doing me. I was doing me. Uh, uh, His internet's clear. Um, I hear and see him fine. Uh, Good good morning. Okay. Good morning to you too. Okay. Uh, And then did you say your dad was a chiropractor? My dad and my uncle. Yeah. And just to give people a little idea of what chiropractors are people who believe that um, they kind of align with CrossFit because they believe that the body can heal itself. Lifestyle choices are paramount to the success of your health. Chiropractic, I think actually has a lot of similar strengths and it's um, what's the best way to put it strengths and it's not weaknesses, but it's difficulties that CrossFit has in that no two chiropractors are the same. Okay. And so to just, you know, yeah, some chiropractors love CrossFit. Some chiropractors would say you, nobody should ever do it. That kind of weight is way right. too dangerous. I can't tell you the number of people who've come to us because when they first came in, 
it was my doctor told me I should only lift 55 pounds, no more than that. Right. Well, why not 56? Right. Why not 54? Uh, but but I meant sorry, b- big picture going up to like you know the hundred thousand foot view. Chiropractic uh, is an empowering. Uh, ideally, a chiropractor would be the kind of person who believes in personal responsibility and accountability. It's like, hey, if you're uh, maybe a regular doctor, would be like, hey, uh, you might be like, my back hurts, and a regular doctor might give you orthopedics. Where a chiropractor would be like, hey, you should consider walking barefoot uh, for an hour a day, right? You're more. Like, I think you're go more the likely, other way. I think you're more likely to get that in the chiropractor's office, but I but you'll you'll run the gamut. You'll get people who tell okay. you you got to come in every week for the rest of your life and get adjusted or you're going to get sick and die and all that. Like, so it's, it's, it runs the whole gamut. Okay. Um, is it, it, um, I think of chiropractic, what about, um, it really, it's not, yeah, yeah, that sucks. I can see that as you're saying that I'm thinking of chiropractors who, what kind are you before I judge, tell you which one I don't like. A retired one. You, oh, you are retired. You don't mess. You're not. I haven't, I haven't touched a patient since December 31st, 2017. That was my last day in clinical practice and in the gym. I basically exchanged my ownership in, in, in my practice, um, handed over the gym to the, to my clinical partner, uh, for the opportunity to pursue what I'm doing now. But uh, so, and, and now your, your, your practice now is strictly the pastooch method. I don't think anyone's ever called it that before, but I'm happy I know to I'm rebranding it. I'm a branding yeah. genius. You have to understand and this active that. life thing isn't going to, isn't, I need the pastooch method. The pastooch right. method is uh, the same as active. Those of us who know what the active life is call it the pastooch method. I think you're right. I've been holding myself back with a, with a business name. Um, so now it sounds good though, doesn't it? I made that up on the fly. That's for you. The pastooch method, 800 pages, you know, ladies and gentlemen, 13 months of intensive study. That's and right. you can embody and learn the pastooch method. You got the time and the book size right. Uh, the name we're gonna we're gonna we can. I'll tell you what. It's we'll get good. together. Off, we'll get together off air and we'll brainstorm. Okay. And, and right. you can you can make a documentary about our brainstorm. All right, that's good. Um, I like it. But but when I was in clinic, it was almost exclusively soft tissue work, a little bit of adjusting, and a lot of exercise. So the reason I ended up leaving clinical work, it, it became uninspiring. Patients would come in and say. How much is this going to cost me and how long do I need to come for? Right? They're basically saying, I don't want to give you money and I want to give you money for as little time as possible. And they would come to me when they were down and out. And when they were back in the game, they were happy. They're like, all right, see you later. Thanks, man. That wasn't fun. Um, what was fun was in when, when we started to get people actually flying out to the clinic for care because they saw the work that we were doing with athletes and wanting to be a part of it. That's That's what got me into... Um, the beyond CrossFit affiliate ownership and into starting to work with athletes like Rich Froning, Jacob Hepner, James Newberry, Brooke Wells, Brooke Entz, Sam Briggs, the, the whole gamut of them all. Came wow. Wow. What a us. great group. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, we had, we had, we had a solid crew. And, and, and the people flying out to visit, and just so people know, uh, the active life, um, for, uh, the pastooch method formerly known as the active life. Right. Um, when people fly out to see you, that's the that's the equivalent of this sign. There is a a crazy validation. You're like, wow, this, like, mm-hmm. and you right. never you never forget who did it. Um, right, right. You know, like I bet you could name some of the people who put that sign behind you. Yeah. I'll I'll always remember everything that the, the number one person who did more for me than anybody else in terms of they were coming out for care from me and gave me more than I could ever give them was Jared Stevens, and that dude is just has a place 
in my house, in my heart, in my life forever. A freak athlete. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Justin McClintock uh, already has the C by it, the Pastooch method. Look at that. It's- We're done. Good job, Justin. Dude, he needs some wrinkles, a few more wrinkles, and that and that will set in nicely. Yeah, it's good. I like the that. Stooge method. So I like this story. Um, this shit's going to hurt you. I'm up for the challenge of doing this. I embrace it. Holy shit, I'm actually going to open a gym and teach it. Mm-hmm. All of it. And um, going into like just um, the that acceptance – was that, was that, were you surprised that you accepted it, that you flipped a script on yourself? Are you known for a person who can change their um, perspective on something? Um, I think the P so no, uh, the answer is I would like to believe. Yes, I am. What I would also say though, is that people who knew me five, six, seven years ago, who haven't talked to me since, and there's a lot of them wouldn't recognize me in conversation today. I've gone through a, a massive uh, personal development experience over the last, since 2016, 15, uh, that was, it was essential for me if I was going to keep my, my sanity, my marriage, my happiness, any of those kinds of things. So there are people from 2016 for, you know, and, and earlier who would say there's no way that that guy could change his mind about anything. He would defend, you know, a pile of shit and call it a pile of gold. Even, even if he knew it was a pile of shit. Well, you have a loyalty problem. That's for sure. That's what do you mean? You're just extremely loyal. Yes. So if you're, if you and your buddies agree to call something a pile of gold and one of you finds out it's a pile of shit, you, you, you stick with your team. I got to respect that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that, uh, the old me would stick with the team. The new me would stick with the team publicly and then go to the team privately and talk about, Hey guys, I think this is a pile of shit. How do we want to, how do we want to talk about this and speak to our new awareness here? Right. Uh, active, but by the way, I'd like to give you some of my credentials. Um, the Dave Castro. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Got it. Oh, nice. Uh, job. The manimal for Pat Barber. Okay. That's mine. I didn't uh, know Pat Barber had the manimal. The manimal? Uh, yeah, well, because he's fallen off the map. Um, and uh, He's one of my good friends. Pat's one of I, my good friends in class. I, I understand. Um, and uh, um, Mayhem Empire. Okay. I added Empire to it. Well, obviously it needed that. So, I, um, Active Life is a personal development company disguised as a fitness company. I like that. It's, well, I stole it from you. Yeah, it works. And well, what you said was so. Savon, how do I how do I make my name on the screen look like your name on the screen? Oh, I just do it here. Okay, tell me what you wanted to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna type it in at dr Sean Pastuch. Dr. Sean Pastuch. Let's give them the Instagram handle so they can come. Sean. They can come shower me with love or trolling, whatever they prefer. They can come sh- if you want to shower with Dr. Sean Pastuch. Any kind of showering, right? There's no that, O in there. I knew it. I knew <laughs> you it. You made me Dr. Pest touch. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you added such a layer of creepiness to my name. I love it. Okay. There it is. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, your DMs, Dr. Sean. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's toast now. There it is. Okay. Uh, send your uh, dick pics. Uh, to <laughs> at, uh, um, and so that so that's a theme that we've heard now twice talking to you. You um, 
you didn't enjoy the relationship you were having with your clients because of the nature of what you were, they wanted from you, which was just like, put a bandaid on me and kick me out. Mm-hmm. You, you wanted different relationships with the people you worked with. And then now you're saying um, that you had to do personal development in, in regards to, we were referencing you, your change of perspective on CrossFit. Like that shit's not easy, right? Well, my, like change, of, my change of perspective on CrossFit was, you know, the, the truth is in, in that one, that was a selfish decision to decide that it was a good thing. It was something that was going to make me better. And so I want to make me better. I wanted to be more jacked, more ripped, more athletic, more fit, all of those things. So deciding that CrossFit was a good idea was an easy decision for me when I made the switch into it. Um, The personal development came as a result of me working 17, 18 hour days, Monday through Friday, running a clinic, a CrossFit affiliate, well, two CrossFit affiliates at any given time, um, an event company that was putting anywhere from 800 to 1200 athletes into the event every single time and never clearing $30,000 a year in income, never getting invited to the big, like the big social stuff and wondering why not. And I hired a mentor who I couldn't afford, right? I was just, I I was making less than 30 grand a year. And this guy was a thousand dollars a month for a two hour meeting. But, uh, but I believed that he could help me. So on the first day that we're working together, I'm like, all right, this guy's going to teach me how to get leads, how to close them, how to like all this stuff, how to price. And he says to me, if you want to be more successful in business, you need to become a better person. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? I treat everybody exactly how I want to be treated. He's like, yeah, you do. And that's the problem. You're a fucking psychopath. People don't want to be treated like a fucking psychopath. What do you mean? Just like you're just crazy obsessive. Yeah. he's he, Him and Jesse Itzler are the two people who've told me in front of groups that I'm a fucking psychopath. You, I met, Jesse, you met Jesse Itzler? That's awesome. I want to hear that story too. I, I paid him to help me too. Wow. Um, I didn't even know you could do that. You can. Um, so going back to that story, so I, I asked him, like, well, how, how should I treat people then? He's like, that's the question you need to ask them. How do they want to be treated? I'm like, how do I ask? He said, that's the whole game. That's the whole game. If you can start to understand how other people want to be treated, you stop making it about you and you recognize that it's always your responsibility, you'll be successful. He taught me nothing about business over the course of that year. And it was the first year I ever cracked a hundred grand. Could you, uh, um, uh, 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 you, Two, two things. Everyone who's listening right now, you need to understand that this guy runs a company now with 32 employees. That's a shitload of people. And he has put his head down and nothing has come from um, uh, uh, from attention grabbing. Um, and you can clearly see that by the podcast. He's gone on never get more than 32 views. But um, <laughs> but he has been extremely fucking successful through uh, self-development through introspection, mm-hmm. through working on himself and to giving to other people. So, so he's made a career of helping other people and simultaneously while working on himself and, and, and making, um, uh, not neglecting the thought of money. He's admitted that he wants money, but uh, relationships are crazy important to him. He want, he want, he wants a rewarding relationships. So I, in case we don't get to that, you guys have to know all that. Cause it sounds like we're going to dip into some superficial stuff. Cause I love superficial stuff. Um, uh, um, how do you do that? What can you give me any tips on what you were saying in regards to um, how to find out the way people, I, I immediately get a little defensive. Like I want to be like, fuck you. I, I'm not, I don't care how people want to be treated. I treat mm-hmm. I, the way I treat them is good enough. 
I bring mm-hmm. the best out of people. You know what I mean? I start hearing this like little story pop up in my head, yeah. but um, if I've pushed that away, how do I find out how people want to be treated? If that's, how do I find that out? So I'll give you a really, or do simple- I have to pay you a thousand bucks? No, 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 definitely not. First of all, so just so that you know, and I'll, yeah. I'll share this with you and your audience so that they can know everything that we teach our clients who do pay us. We give away for free on YouTube, Instagram, our podcasts, our website, everywhere. And I understand that that's kind of a cop-out at the same time because I understand it's not codified. It's hard to find things. It's not in a certain order. You'd have to like figure out how to put it all together to make it something. So I understand it's kind of a cop-out. And we're actually in the process. I don't of- think so, by the way. But well, those are your words. I don't think it's a cop out. I think it's. I. I think you're awesome for well, that. Well, I, I appreciate that. But we're two, for two reasons. It's your success and other people's success. I. I hear you, and I accept the compliment. What I. What I'm. The reason I'm sharing that is because I understand it's hard for some people to just follow that along. Because I've that the video you're asking for is on our YouTube channel. So I can say, go try to find it. And you're like, well, there's two thousand videos on there. How am I going to find the one? What's the title? I don't remember. So. We're, we're actually building a free website for people that they're going to be able to go find all of this stuff in a codified fashion. So they never need to ask that question. But the answer to your question is the simplest terms. What I was taught is there are two, there are four quadrants in which people generally live fast decision-making as compared to slow decision-making, right? So they need a lot of information on the slow side, a little bit of information on the fast side. And then they're either making decisions that are based on emotion or they're making decisions that are based on logic. And so now we put them on these two different uh, axes and we can see somebody is extremely, they need very little information to start and they're very logic driven. So if that person is going to be spoken to the way that they're going to be spoken to, and we're talking about where we're going to dinner, I would say, hey, um, I'm looking at Chinese food or sushi. I know you like fish, so I'm thinking sushi for you. What do you think? They're like, yeah, let's do it. You took all the decision-making out of it for them. They're happy about it. On the other end of the spectrum is the person who needs a lot of information. You say that to them and they're like, you didn't even ask me any questions about what I'm in the mood for today, what I had yesterday, what I ate for lunch, how my stomach is feeling, what I'm doing tomorrow. And so it's knowing where those people, where people fall in terms of how much information they want, how emotionally oriented they are as compared to how logical they are. And then just trying to speak to them in their own voice. God, it's almost like you have to interview them before you work with them. You do. So uh, we, <laughs> we do. We do. We're, we're, um, when people come to us, we end up turning a lot of people away and referring them to other companies because they wouldn't like the way that we do things. Um, tell, tell me what Active Life does with this, this company. Where, are you based out of uh, Long Beach, California now? I'm in Long Beach, New York. New York, um, okay. And otherwise, I, like I heard you, I heard one of your podcasts. I would have driven up the co- up the coast, sat on the couch in your house. We could have done the podcast. I could have overstayed my welcome. It would have been a really good time. Awesome. Um, our employees are all over the the country and somewhat the world. We have staff in Canada. We have staff in Germany. Uh, we have staff all over the U.S. But our headquarters are based in Long Beach, New York. And 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 what does Active Life do? Who are your clients? Three legs to the stool. One of the legs is the person who today is dealing with aches and pains and difficulty with staying active, right? So our tagline that got us a lot of success there was get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym. We've expanded on that. We're able to help people in a more 
uh, complete way than simply helping them get out of pain now, but that's the gist of where we are, right? So if you think about the members in your CrossFit gym, everybody who is scaling workouts as a result of missing range of motion, injury, aches and pains, old stories they're still telling themselves about fears they have and things like that. Those are the people who CrossFit gyms typically refer to us to help them be better members of their gym. Um, that's one leg of the stool. People who are not in CrossFit gyms come to us for their full program design. You were going to ask something. This first archetype of this person that you, you painted, I, I didn't picture them as a gym person already. Are they a gym person? This person with the aches and pains and it um, just wants, it needs to stay active. It's the predominance of our client base is already active. Okay. Yes. But a mistake that we've made, if I'm being candid, is we've spoken too much to the audience who is not yet. Okay. And what we need to do is highlight the people who've come on board with us who were not before okay. and the change that they've made. But the predominance of the people who work with us to have a body that feels better, that it can stop failing them. Yeah. Those are people who are already active and understand that what they're dealing with might cause them to lose some of their identities as it pertains to an active life. And they, okay. they want to avoid that. That's one leg of the story. And we're going to, we're going to revisit that people who are, aren't, uh, aren't in don't. I think, I, okay. It'd be a good place to revisit. So we did that for from 2013 until about 2017 exclusively. Um, we built that into a million dollar a year business. There were a lot of people who need that help. Coaches started asking us, why are my clients working with you instead of working with me? And so the easy answer was, well, because these are the problems they're having and they're not getting these problems solved in your gym. And so they're looking for a solution somewhere else. So they're coming to us. So coaches started asking, well, would you teach us that solution so that we don't have to continue to have clients come to you that we can help them? So we started helping coaches. And the education of coaches started off as a two-day seminar. And it's evolved from a two-day seminar into now a 13-month core curriculum with what you were describing, an 800-page textbook that we wrote, 18 hours of video content, 996 test questions, one-on-one -on -one mentorship, small group mentorship, a community that you're networked to of healthcare providers and other coaches who are like-minded with you. We teach them the business skills to make the money doing the work that fulfills them. So it's really creating a full-blown career for the coach. The third leg of the stool came as a solution to that problem, which was gym owners coming to me and saying, I have one coach in my gym who makes $100,000 a year. I have one coach in my gym who is able to help people who've been on the rower for six months because their Achilles hurts when they run to get back to running. That coach has taken your education. How do I get all of my coaches to take it and all of my coaches to monetize it? So we built systems for gym owners to be able to help their staff build full-time careers in the gym, helping the members for whom group class was coming up short. It helps them not only to solve problems that they're having that they're aware of, but it also helps them to attract members to the gym who otherwise would be afraid to come because they think that's too intense for me. That's too hard for me. I could never do that. And the mentality of the gym owner is those people are not coming because we're too expensive or because they don't think they can do this. The reality for the client in the real world is I'm not coming because I'm afraid. If there was somebody there to hold my hand and bring me in the door and assess me and design something for me so that I could feel safe in there, I would love to be able to do that. That's 
aspirational for me. And so we help them do that. Let, let me, I'm going to give you a super rudimentary understanding of what I think I heard. Great. I would love that. Cause this is, I need help with this. And, and this is me cherry picking. Um, <clears throat> this is me. And I'm going to use that word twice. This is me because, uh, projecting my own issues, my own movement issues and exercise yeah. issues uh, on it. Basically you're, um, you have one leg of the stool is people who are consciously aware that they're cherry picking workouts. They're seeing stuff on the board the day before and they're not doing it. I'm not going to run the 5k because, and they have a list of excuses the next day. I'm not going to do a part. I'm not going Saturday's partner workout. Cause I'm going to be the weak link and people are going to laugh at me. It's just whatever excuses you're making, you go to a CrossFit gym and you're not getting the most out of it. Cause, um, uh, when you, when you back squat, it hurts L13. I don't even know if you have an L13. They just have this litany of fucking excuses, and you're going to help them through mental and physical coaching. And maybe, hey, dude, you just have to stick up for yourself, motherfucker. On, on heavy back squat day, just tell them no. Yep. You're, you're just go in there and squat with them and do air squats. Mm-hmm. Do not be – that's your fault. You're being a pussy. That's that's a pussy isn't putting a lot of weight on. Uh, This is a quote from uh, uh, this is one of my favorite quotes I've I've heard from you. Mentally tough is telling yourself and listening that you need a day off. Mentally tough is not like this is this is I've actually never heard this, which is crazy. The the stuff I played from you yesterday from Mark Ripito, which I really like is quit being a pussy. Get in there and lift heavy shit until you break. Mm -hmm. Well, how about this? Mentally tough is the opposite. Realizing that you're so fucking sore. And that you're, you're over-medicating with fitness for something that happened to you as a kid. And you now, you need to be really mentally tough and take the day off. Can I share, can I share a story please, about that with you? Please, please, please. Um, so so this, is two, le- this is leg one. Okay, go on. Yeah. So, so in 2000, um, whatever year, who cares? The years don't matter anymore. Um, I was working with Lindy Barber as a client. She was one of yeah. my clients. Um, Special, by the way, real quick, uh, Lindy Barber, uh, athlete who should have never been out at, at the regionals because of some, I think she was born with some fucked up yeah. shit in her body, crazy scoliosis. And, and, and uh, when she competed at Del Mar Regional, it was one of the loudest cheers I've ever heard at any CrossFit event in the history of the world, even louder than Carson or Madison. It was absolutely nuts. Okay, she's sorry, she, she's an extremely likable person. I get the chills hearing you say yeah. that because I know she's how hard amazing. she works to yeah. just be yeah. able to be out there. Yeah. So when I was working with her, she came to me as a recommendation from Jeremy Kinnick, who was also a client of mine. Um, Another cool dude. I love him. Mm-hmm. Funny. I have, I have a, a really crazy story about him if you want to hear it. <clears throat> but um. Lindy was a client of mine. We were dealing with some knee issues that she had and some back issues that she had. And I, her spine was an S. Yeah. It wasn't ideal. (laughs) (laughs) So I I gave her, um, some guidelines. Like here are the bumpers. You don't need to ask me questions as long as the workouts you're doing with the team at mayhem are within these bumpers. One of the bumpers was that she was not ready yet for cyclic knee loading. Cyclic knee loading means no eccentric phase to the contraction, many reps. So up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Her tendons were not ready for that. It was going to do damage to her. She knew this. Rich posts, Team Mayhem is going to live stream a thousand wall balls for time. The ball can't touch the ground. Two balls, one for men, one for women. I, I saw that go up. I pull out my phone to text Lindy. I get a text from Lindy before I could send one saying, I know, I'm not doing it. And I was wow. like, that's mental toughness. Yeah, like yeah. that that's people would think the mental toughness is jumping into that workout because you're afraid to disappoint rich by the way something that i did when yeah. i was training with rich which was not mentally tough couldn't move my arm for like three weeks i was 
flopping my arm around. But Lindy was mentally tough enough to say, this is not a workout for me. I got to wait on it. Not to say that leveraging the social pressure that it, uh, that it, of working out with rich is wrong. No. You just have to be fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Well, but, if, but if being around rich makes you push extra hard, God bless you. Go well, do it. it, it it's, it's towing that line, right? Because when, right. I, when, I, when I was at Rich's house working out with, with him, it was, it was the workouts I would normally do in maybe a two-week span we did on a Thursday. <laughs> and, and you're I, not joking. No. I remember that night. We had worked out all day. And that night, Rich is like, all right, let's go back to the bar and let's do another one. And we get to the bar and he's like, all right, Sean, what do you want to do? I was like, go to sleep. He's like, no, what workout do you want to do? I'm like, all right, fine. Let's bench press. Cause I'm thinking like, all right, I can, I can lay down. I can take this easy. I'll just, I'll just bench. And he's like, all right, bench press. What do you, what should we couple that with? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like there's no, there's no, there's no coupling. Right. So it ends up being 150 pound sandbags over the shoulder. Um, now there's in a part with a partner and the bench weight was 225, 205, 185, 165, something like that. How much had, do you weigh? How tall are you? 155 at the time. Wow. Wow. Um, I wasn't able to, I was not able to do 225 for sets of 10. Like he was asking, I scaled the weights down to like 205. Um, but I get to the sandbag. I'm like, Rich, I don't think I can do 55 reps of 150 sandbag over my shoulder. That's, that's a lot. He's like, what do you, he walks, he's like, what do you weigh? And I was like, 150. And he's like, you'll be all right. And I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did the workout. God, and, I love Rich. And we go, we, we, I felt great for having completed it. It was, it was too much though. Um, that night we go to dinner and my buddy who I brought with me, um, he was also helping Lindy. We went to cheers with our drinks and I shit you not. I went like this in my arm, just the drink slammed on the table. I couldn't pick it up. The next morning we go and Rich is like, all right, swim workout. So we go to the pool. It was the first time I ever had a panic attack in a pool. I grew up swimming. I, I live on an Island. Um, two hours of, of, you know, interval training in a pool was a lot. Then we worked out at the gym again. And then that night he, he designs one last workout. And that's when I finally was like, dude, I'm out. I it's, it's too much. I can't do 55 muscle ups in a workout plus, you know, 200 toes to far and two, yeah. meters, 2000 meters of rowing, but it's, it's the mental toughness line would have been me scaling earlier. And I didn't have that. Right. Right. But it's not saying no to everything, right? It's, it's not Were being you eating just a shitload of food when you went there too. Uh, it's a blur. Oh, if I'm being yeah. honest, uh, probably not. Crazy. There wasn't time. When, when is there right. time to eat a shitload of food? We went for barbecue. Right. We worked out. We right. worked out again. We worked out again. Right. But I'll tell you this about Rich. Um, we're sitting in the sauna after our workout at the at the pool. And this guy's in there. He's a little bit overweight. He's, he's young. And he's like, you guys look pretty fit. Do you have any advice for me? And Rich sat there and gave this kid advice for like 10 minutes on how, wow. he, could, how he could be healthier. And I stayed in the sauna after Rich left. And the kid's like, what do you think of that advice? I'm like, do you know who that guy is? <laughs> right. And he's like, he's like uh, no. I'm like, that's the fittest man in the world. Take his advice. Take, take as much of his advice as you can. That's crazy. So, God. so the, so that's the one. Was it good advice? I don't remember. Oh, I was, right. I was still wondering right. how I survived the day. Right. I'm, right. I'm, sure, right. I'm sure it was good advice. Um, but so the one leg of the stool is helping the athlete 
who finds himself in the position that something in their life feels broken and they need help without wanting to go back to the doctor again, without medication, without surgery, without abundant rest. They want to get better without having to lose their fitness. They want to get in shape while they're getting better. We help people do that. That's a chiropractor, isn't it? No, because, because that's, chiropractic is generally speaking going to be passive care. You're walking in and I'm doing something to your body for you. Okay. Uh, that's, um, that's a chiropractor mindset ideally, right? Yeah. But now what happens is, you know, when we first started doing remote program design, it was with Google sheets. Fitbot wasn't a thing yet. Fitbot became true coach. We were the, one of the first people on Fitbot because we were overwhelmed with writing programs for people, therapeutic programs, right? They're not, they're not, medical programs, but they're exercise programs that make you feel better and get fit at the same time. They're like active care before that was here's a, here's a ditto with four exercises on it. I circled the number of reps and sets you should do follow it. So we, we kind of evolved that into, no, we're going to pay attention to what you're doing and progress it day to day, week to week. Custom. Um, this, um, this, the, the stools, we're going to get to the second stool. Is it, is it like, is it wraparound care? Like, is it every, is it movement and, uh, food and we um, refer out for food thinking? Okay. So we, we, but you do do that. You do do that. Yeah. So we typically, when people come to us with nutrition issues, we send them to a company called level 10 nutrition or level 10 coaching because they have not only nutrition, but, but, um, the mental health that some people who are in need of nutrition support need more than the nutrition support. Do do you think that um, you think every single professional athlete has an eating disorder? No. Uh, let me let me. I'm gonna try again. Give me a second. Do you, do you think that? <laughs> Take for the think, yes, Devon. The the function of food is so relevant to people who want to perform at the highest level. That have- do you think that all athletes have some sort of struggle i don't mean that in a pejorative know, or negative I know, I know, way i know, I know what you're describing. because i'm starting like you know the Haley adams thing i'm like yeah go girl like everyone like there's not a i can't believe that there's one female athlete out there or male athlete i mean even rich has alluded to his issues with food on mm-hmm. my podcast how Hollywood. the fuck could you not have an issue with few food when you're a fucking fuel ma- you're a, you're yeah. a fuel machine you're well, one of those funny cars on the racetrack that pulls the wheelie first thing i'll say is um Haley was a client too and anybody awesome. who has any doubts about that woman's mental toughness, just go bang your head against the wall. Yeah, flush it away. Right, right, like, right, geez, right. I, I watched her do a workout with Chris Hinshaw, and I won't mention the person who was on the workout before them, but the person before them quit, and she was still a teenager. Do world-class athletes go to mayhem and openly tell stories of being terrified mm-hmm. of Rich being gone and them getting stuck with Haley doing the programming? I believe Like it. the best of the best being like, dude. I believe it. <laughs> you, um, if Rich is gone, Haley will just dude, run you into the fucking ground she, to death. She was like 17 at the time or 16 at the time. And yeah. this games athlete who was going before her quit on a workout, just said, I can't keep going. Right. Then Haley went and crushed it at 16 years old. And we were all like, damn. And I remember Chris Hinshaw said to her, I was like, he's like, you really did well on that. She's like, yeah, well, I want it. I want it. Yep. That was it. Those are her words. Yeah. Well, I want it. Yeah. And then she walked away and we're like, oh my God, that's a killer. Yeah. So zero doubt about her mental toughness for anybody out there concerned about it. Yeah. Um, hey, I think that was, Hey, that's an example of her walking away for a year of the mental toughness that you were yeah. that quote that I just read from you about, absolutely. Hey, you got it. You got to know mental toughness is knowing when to stop. 
Anyone can be like, I'm going to go out there and go through the motions. It's raining. Who cares? Mental toughness is making difficult decisions. Difficult decision. Okay. Right. So, so, so mentally tough people make mentally tough decisions, not physically tough ones. It's the idea that like, it's, it's easier for you to walk into the gym and gut it out because that's where your identity lives. It's where your friends believe that you typically Mm. are going to show up. So you saying to your friend group, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my body today is putting your identity at risk. That requires mental toughness. That's what I'm describing when I say that. Yeah, um, like showing that. up and gutting it out anyway is mentally weak. It's knowing you shouldn't and doing it anyway. That's that's not tough. Right. Um, I don't know where we're going with that after that. But so the second leg of the stool, is that what you wanted to know? So the second leg is – the first leg is um, helping people get through their 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 um, their story, whether it's valid or not, their injuries. Mm-hmm. The second leg is um, teaching coaches – to help people do what we do to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the third leg, that was teaching, the one I was struggling with is, is to teach P uh, teaching gym owners how to employ full-time career coaches who do not have administrative duties, cleaning duties, bringing members into the gym duties. They're just great coaches making enough money to be financially free, being great coaches. Good. Is the active life program, the, 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 the uh, 13 month program, uh, 10 to 15 hours a week. Will that teach you everything or do you need that? And does that teach you how to um, teach people how to move? Is that something you put on top of something? Are those, is that frosting on a cake and candles or is that the cake? Eh, I'm not, you I'm need not your sure level one. Do you need your level one first? So I, and I, you should have some training experience. Okay. So, so we, the, the least training experience that people come in with is things like nurses, nurse practitioners, physical therapists, physical therapy assistants, athletic trainers who are used to being in a coaching environment, but not a fitness coaching environment. They come in because they're just, they're tired of the wheel that they're on. And they want to be able to do something a little bit more transformative for themselves, their family, and their friends, and their clients. Um, Most of the people, the overwhelming majority of people who come in have experience either coaching group class or coaching one-on-one or both. Okay. And where you got your original certification is not important to us because we're going to help you. We're looking for people with the right attributes, not people with the right credentials, if that makes sense. A couple times, I, I didn't hear you go into it in detail, but I heard you allude to the fact uh, um, you were referencing. You didn't say by CrossFit, but I assume you were talking about CrossFit about the um, the barrier of entry and that it's a two day course. So I want I want to make sure that I'm clear on on that. Yeah. As a, what you're describing is me describing the fitness industry as having too low a barrier of entry and too low a standard of excellence okay. for the public and the medical industry to trust us to make the referrals. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe I was going to ask you to exp- expound on that. If that is that, yeah, if, if I didn't, the areas where I saw you talk about it, you alluded maybe, you. but I, but I had to read into it. So I was yep. just coming to you for clarification, but I wanted to argue a, a, a kind of this other fascinating point well, that I think you'll the, like. So go uh, ahead. Until, first, I don't really know your position. So, yeah. So you're talking about a clip. I think you saw from the Gabrielle Lyon podcast that I was on where I was talking about why the medical industry isn't trusting the fitness industry. The fitness industry is like, refer to us, refer to us, refer to us. Where are all of our referrals? Why doesn't the insurance cover us? Yeah. And that's what I was talking about. So first things first, 
Um, I would be a fool to neglect that the CrossFit level one is not a two day course. It's a two day test of a material log that you were supposed to understand before you come into a two day course. It's not a two day course. And when we walk into gyms, CrossFit gyms, as compared to F45s, Orange Theories, your commercial gyms, the average, the best movers are in CrossFit gyms. The people who are coaching the best are in CrossFit gyms. That's, that's a period, end of sentence. What I'm getting at is the need for there to be more than that. If we want people who are walking the earth right now who don't feel like they're ready for that, to be ready for that. We need, if we want the medical industry to start making referrals, I believe what Greg is doing with the MDL1 and now the MDL2, I believe, is really smart. Let doctors know what happens inside of an affiliate. But at the same time, gives an affiliate owner the license to believe that they're already doing everything that they need to do to be as effective as they could possibly be, when the reality is there's a lot more that they could be doing to be even more effective for an audience who's not ready to come and see them yet. Totally fair. That, that's all that fair. Yeah, hundred percent fair. I, um, I, I don't know. I don't know that lady in in that podcast. Gabrielle. Um, yeah. You would um, like her. You should have her on your show. Yeah. Yes. I I I found uh, there being a. Okay, then I won't, then then I'll be very careful how where how I try. <laughs> Listen, I I um, I the, my my sponsors are California Hormones, and um, I don't take uh, testosterone replacement therapy. And my um uh other big pod uh, uh sponsor is uh Paper Street Coffee. Mm-hmm. And God, I wish I didn't drink. The part of me wishes I never drank coffee. Mm-hmm. I, I am I am like I, I, if I could be, I would like to be a breathitarian. What does that mean? Just live off of breathing. Oh, that would be cool. And, I actually and vagina it. and vagina. Sorry. <laughs> Useful pairing. Right. Because uh, I need I need my macronutrients. Uh, mm-hmm. I just um, I. When I saw when I see the ad she's running and that she's reading from the from a script on the podcast you're on, mm-hmm. I think she's just doing herself an enormous disservice. Like I, I don't think that the sponsor should be allowed to buy what you say. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have a there's a there's a podcast. and I love my sponsors. I fucking love them. And well, I, I drink I, Paper Street coffee like a mofo, and I'm so excited to talk to people who get juiced up and like get hard dicks and get mental clarity. And I think TRT is better than Xanax from what I know about it. But 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 you're not going to get me to do it or be like, hey, I think it's a good idea to shoot something up twice a week. I'm just not. I just don't want to do it. And I don't think drinking coffee every morning is my go to. Is fucking brilliant. I don't think it makes. I want to be fucking closer to God, not fucking closer to my coffee machine. Right. Well, well, that's something that uh, I've heard Chris Williamson talk about, like not needing it. Yeah. But deciding that when I want to do it, uh, it adds an edge for me. So I'm 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 good. I'm better than everybody at baseline who needs coffee to go. And when I want an accelerant, a performance enhancer, if you will, I can drink the coffee. And I follow what you're saying. That sounds like Chris Williamson. I'm better than everybody. Yep, you know. he, 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 <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just joking. Just joking. Just, just uh, freaking. Um, I just want to be careful that I didn't put words in his mouth. It was, it was the better than the version of himself that requires coffee. Oh, okay. All right. You're off the hook, Chris. Awesome. Um, I'll tell him. So what, I, what I'm describing there is 
I got recruited to do some ad reads for our podcast, right? For mm-hmm. the active life podcast. And there's decent money involved in it. And I, I'm not ready. I don't want to do it. And it's not because I don't necessarily believe in the companies who be coming our way, but because I wouldn't talk about that company in that way. And so if I'm going to talk about that company, right. it's going to be my unique experience with that company. Right. And so I hear what you're saying there and I, I, I can't speak for her. I'm sure she has her reasons, but um, I'm, I'm more in the camp that you're in in regards to how I would do reads for ads. We have a new sponsor, I think, coming on very soon. And the they... Yes, the pastiche method. And I believe in them so fucking wholeheartedly. It'll be the, it, I mean, like, I really believe in them. It has to do with uh, how babies are born. Okay. That they come out of the vagina at home. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, 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 and I told them, hey, write, but please write something up. I'll read, like, I'll read it. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but if I read it and it's not, if it's not what I think, then I just won't read it. But mm-hmm. but you're right. I, I on the it's I'm torn because like part of me is I'm so happy for Brooke Brooke Wells that she's selling Snicker bars, mm-hmm. but I hate the fact that if she's not really eating them, can she tell the truth about them? Like that, can, you, that can was, you tell the truth? I just want I just don't want people to not be able to tell the truth. Well, that was a question I, I grilled uh, Austin Maliolo and Gary Gaines on when they came on my podcast about. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's actually how you popped on my radar because you had them on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I talked to them about the like what their thoughts on the monster cans that made it look like athletes are drinking monster at the finish line, <laughs> but but actually had water in them and really right. small print. Right. Um, so I'm with you. Like I, I, for me, it's all about transparency. I liked how even if I don't agree with Dave, I liked how Dave uh, hit it face on on his Instagram. He said, "Hey, dude, this shit's sugar free." And it's like, okay, now there's a dialogue. If someone can then push back and be like, well, uh, I don't think uh, CrossFit should get behind aspartame or sugar-free or whatever the fuck they put in it. But, uh, but just to run away from it, I – um, yeah. I, 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 people um, – Greg taught me this uh, kind of idea. When you do – the reason why he never wanted the word CrossFit um, on like iPad covers or on socks or – on bars or any of that because he thought that every time we use the name, we were spending the brand equity. Sure. And we don't want to spend any brand equity at any cost. Mm -hmm. And and when I saw those three commercials that she did, like it it just um, on her show, the show you were on, it just, I was just like, wow, I don't, uh, I kind of just wanted to hit the reset on everything she said to me. Like, Mm -hmm. uh Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I don't know her as a person, but I'm just like, uh, that's not true. What she's saying. In that I, I, can, I can say, I can say this. Um, Gabrielle is yeah. a very high integrity person. And so as By a, way, a lot of people, have, have, I've never heard anything bad about her. You're not, you're one of many who've told me that she's, no, amazing. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't take what you're saying as a knock on her personally. I, I take what you're saying as a way that her message makes it harder for you to trust her. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. And she's a fucking doctor. She's a stud. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've worked with her as a client. My wife has worked with her as a client. My uncle has worked with her as a client. Like she's, she's world class. And I would recommend anybody looking at her stuff to talk to her. She's phenomenal and an incredible connector. She's a great friend. Um, I see what you're saying as a reasonable constructive criticism that she would love to hear from you. Oh, okay. God, your mentors have really taught you how to handle people. You know what? It's, I had to learn. I I was very combative for a long time. 
And, yeah. And, what and, if you What if you were to cure me of that, and then my show was nothing? Your show would still be great. Um, <laughs> I, you know, our, our clients have taught me too. Um, we had a client one time. I was I was I was going really hard at the four ninths model. At the uh, what for, model? Four ninths pay model for coaches. Okay. Like it's 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 a it's a payment method that the gyms use to figure out how much they should pay their coaches for okay. personal training and things of that nature. And I don't want to bastardize what it is. Um, but I, I, I disagree with it as a, as a principle. And so I was making all of these posts of like, they were, they were funny objectively. I don't, not subjectively. They were fucking funny, Savan. Like, you know, pictures of people winning Olympic medals saying, paying your coaches what they need to be paid to win, uh, to, to be financially free next to a wrestler with another wrestler's balls on his head saying the four nights model. Like, that's funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that there was a specific company in the space who was, uh, sharing that as their as their thing, and I didn't know that some of our clients were actually using it. Our coaching clients, not 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 gym owners, we weren't working with gym owners yet. And two of my two of our clients, a guy named Chris Spagner and a guy named Medi Alamin, reached out to me at the same uh, time. Israeli guy, Israeli guy. I believe he's Lebanese. Medi. Great name, great name. Um, Tell him I approve. I'll let him know. They reached out to me in the same day, and they're like, "Hey, man, you're kind of bullying us. You're not telling us what we should do." You're just telling us what we're doing bad. And and it feels shitty. I was like, damn, they're right. So I was driving to Invictus Boston for a seminar where we were going to be teaching coaches. And I pulled the car over and I went on Instagram. And I did an Instagram live apologizing for misunderstanding how my message was affecting other people who were hearing it and promising to come up with a better solution. Hmm. So it's it's my mentors, but it's also having really good clients who have really good ideas who you should listen to. I, I, I played this um, clip yesterday of uh, uh, um, Mark Ripito. Do you know who that is? I do know who that is. And he's looking at the camera and he's got that big old block head. And I, mm-hmm. He looks like he's on supplements and he's strong and he's charismatic and he's got that fucking accent. That's so awesome. And, uh, and and he's like, don't be a pussy. Work out and lift that extra rep. And and if you don't go to failure, then you're a fucking bitch. And, and and like, this is how you get stronger. And I really like that. And then and then this morning, I, I really like that. That moves me. And then this morning, I was like, man, I better, I better uh, let people know that I have the intelligence to modify what I'm hearing. So for me, what I heard is yesterday it was raining here, and I wanted to do sled pushes in my front yard. And I heard myself in my voice say, you can't do sled pushers. It's, it's, it's raining outside. And then another voice said, dipshit, you leave your sled out in the rain. <laughs> so I went out there and I do sled pushes. <laughs> Don't tell anyone this. This is so embarrassing. I do sled pushes with no weight on it. Dog sled too, 50 feet. And then I drag it backwards 50 feet and I rest 30 seconds. And I do that for, for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not doing that extra squat. It's not having an ex- I take what people say and modulate it for what it means to me to not be a pussy. And for me to not be a pussy, it's not to not put more weight on to get stronger, but um, uh, uh, to not let the rain stop me from going out and working. And I guess a lot of people don't see – a lot of people can't do that, right? Well, and So that's why you have to go on and apologize about the 4-9 method because people feel bullied. No, I went on and apologize for the four nines method because what I do is I tell people um, instead of coming out in public and just talking about what's wrong with everything, why don't you supply away something could be better? 
And well, all I was doing was yeah, coming. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's um. I feel like that that's been a fun uh, topic of content for me lately. Also, is um, uh, yeah, exactly that. You nailed it. There's this thing. There, there was this thing um, Elizabeth Akinwali posted on her Instagram account where she said that. Um, uh, do you know who that is? Yeah, a black Dude, lady. I, we in 2017 we had 40 athletes at the games we were working with. I know. I know okay, they all you know all of them. Okay. And, and so she made this post, like, is something about, like, is CrossFit ready to talk about why um, uh, black people aren't welcome in CrossFit gyms? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And then nothing said. And then there's 800, 900 comments now saying, um, yeah, I don't feel welcome. I don't feel welcome. I don't feel welcome. But not, not one thing is like. Um, uh, or, or, or these athletes are saying, I'm going to stand up for women. What I'm doing is standing up for women. I stand up for women. I believe in women's rights. I'm going to stand up. For, but no one's saying anything. Mm-hmm. No one's saying like, hey, one of the ways that we can all stand up for women is to uh, make sure that when a woman enters the room to stand up, you, you know, mm-hmm. I know someone's gonna be like someone that's sexist. That's not what they mean. Who cares? Just no, there's so little practical. Um, advises being given out it's more just it's it, it, there's a there's a premium put on put on pointing out the problem and not on like hey can you object can you can you instead of writing you don't feel welcome can you give me three reasons three things i can do to make it so you feel more welcome yes but uh, well, you know why they're not doing that because they're not i mean i can the reason i would suggest is because they don't believe it's and the they is whoever they are i'm not right, talking right. about black people i'm talking about women i'm not talking about asian sure, people i'm talking about sure. jewish people um I'm talking about anyone who is in a position of you make me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not having reasonable solutions that would, that would resolve the situation for you to come forward with. Um, I had, I had, uh, it makes you so vulnerable when you point to something specific too. So, right. Cause so, that, cause now it's, what does that mean to you? Right. Right. And now I can say, Hey, that's your fault. And, and everyone's terrified of you doing that. Right. Well, so, so here's, here's the thing, right? Here's the nuance line. The reason why we say we're a, prof- we're a personal development company disguised as a fitness company is because we are teaching coaches, gym owners, individuals how to have different conversations with themselves before they have conversations with other people that would come out totally differently if the way they spoke to themselves was more mature, more thoughtful. So think of it this way, right? I can come out and I can say all of the things about what CrossFit gyms could do to make more money, help more people be more effective and, and deliver on their promises more frequently. If I say it the wrong way, which I often do, people hear me saying CrossFit's bad. You're shitty. Do this better. You don't know what you're talking about. And so there's this line. And if I go the other way, people hear Oh, he's saying everything I'm doing is great. It would just be nice if I added this little thing. And the answer is it's somewhere in between. And so the way that we present information, Mm. it's important that everybody is able to hear what we intend with the information that we're sharing. Does that make sense? That that takes us back to the first point we brought up about talking to people how they want to be talked to. Or or the or how I came at the lady with um the the weight holding over a baby's head and i want to damn the entire company for it and be like they've completely lost their way shut it down and you're like hey there's there's you're more like you said something a little more um palatable 
Well, what, the way the way I would, if I was in your position, and I was putting that on, and I wanted to call that out, the way I yeah. probably would have done it would have been to have said, "I'd like to know what CrossFit is trying to say with this post. Why they think they said that with this post, mm. and if they considered these risks, and if the answers to those questions are all answers that." at least have thought behind them. I don't have to like them, but I can acknowledge that they have thought it through as compared to they're just following some nonsensical trend that they think is going to get them eyeballs. God, this is why I need guests. Anyone who thinks that I don't need guests, this is why I need guests. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, that that's... That, and so right away, since I can't come up with any, that's a fair way to say it. That's Is that what open-minded is? I think it's... it's or am I being manipulative? No, I think it's I think it's what empathy is. Empathy. You know, like he, he, here's the thing, right? I genuinely want to know what other people are thinking and why other people are doing things that they're doing. Because if I understand those things, then I can either say, I get that, and that's great for you. I'm not talking to that audience. I apologize for saying something that you thought was about what you're doing with your audience that I actually think is great. That's not what I was talking about at all. I'm talking about this audience over here who you're not talking to. Can we agree about that? Yes. Well, that's where our mix-up was, and I blew that. I apologize. Um, I went on a two-year-long, so to, to give you some uh, some insight here about apologizing. I am nobody's bitch. Let me be clear about that. I don't think anybody who works with me or comes across me would suggest Sean's a pushover. He's soft. He's nice. We all, you know, we're active. I such a nice company. We're not nice. We're honest. And we're transparent and we have meaningful culture that lets everybody feel safe because you never have to worry about what that person's thinking because they're going to tell you. Um, you also know that they're going to try to tell you in the way that you can best hear it. So all of that to say, I think that empathy is understanding what someone else is genuinely going through. And for a long time, when I divided with my first business partner, we were good friends, right? Like, good friends growing up in my wedding party, good friends. And we split and it wasn't pretty. Um, the mentor I hired that first one was like, eventually you need to apologize to that guy. And I was like, for what? And I can go down all the whole list of things that he did that I felt like were wrong. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything I did that was wrong. Yeah. And he's like, you might, you might not have done anything on the same scale as what he did. But if you were the guy walking in a dry forest who dropped a match by accident, and you set an entire town on fire. You're not an arsonist. You didn't mean to set the town on fire. The fire was much more significant than you dropping a match. But you have to acknowledge that you might have dropped a match. And so I started a two-year apology tour, starting with my wife for not wearing a wedding ring that I wear now every day, explaining that I didn't know was important to you. I didn't think about why me not wearing it said I wasn't proud to be your husband, and I am proud to be your husband. I do want people to know that I love you. And I do want people to know that I'm taken. And I love you. And I ordered a wedding ring and I apologized for that. And I went all the way, it took me two years. I apologized to about 40 people and I ended with my original business partner. And the truth was, I said, look, I don't know what I did specifically to put a wedge in our relationship, but I apologize for it. You deserved a better friend. You deserved a better business partner. And, you know, that's, I found that really valuable. That's one of those stories as you're telling it, I'm going through my list, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Start with the easy ones. Why? Um, um, how did you know your wife wanted you to wear a, a wedding ring? She would ask from time oh. to time, like, oh. "Hey, why don't you why don't you try one of those? I don't remember what the silicone ones are called. Why don't you try yeah. one of those?" Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I guess that would be easier to take on and take off." Ah, it's annoying. Okay, um, but she never put. My wife is incredible. The best fucking woman on the planet. Um, never pushed me to do it. And the moment that I realized it was important to her and that I was making a selfish decision about myself to not wear it. I, I, I was like, no, that's, this thing's never coming off again. I'm making, I'm making note. I'm, uh, um, how do you think I should ask my wife? I don't wear a wedding ring. Mm. Um, she's never asked me to wear one. She might not care. Right. My, my, my wife is, a but I got her a wedding ring. I got her. this just a gold band. Mm-hmm. Just like a solid gold band. And I told her, Hey, I, w- I want you to wear it. Well, I didn't say I want you to wear this. I said, I want you, if you wear this to never be worried about losing it or damaging it. Don't ever feel like you have to take it off for pull-ups, deadlifts, scraping it on the concrete to do push-ups outside. I don't, I don't want to give you anything that's going to cause you any headache. If it rolls down the drain, I'll get you a new one. Don't give mm-hmm. two fucks about it. Right. Um, I, I didn't know. want to burden her with it, but but I, she liked it and she wore it. Sure, I would I would need to know your wife to to suggest how I would think you should do that. Yeah, and and it might not be important to her at all. Maybe I'll wait till I'll just call her on live on the podcast one time, so I have all my friends. There here. you go. There you go. Turn it into a bit. Mm-hmm. Haley, hi. Hi, Sevon. <laughs> like when Bert Kreischer called his wife at the cabin. Who? What? Who's that? Come on. Movie? Bert Kreischer, the comedian, Bert Kreischer. No, I don't know. Is this a movie reference? No. Oh. Bert Kreischer is a comedian, a stand-up uh-huh. comedian. Uh-huh. He did a show on Netflix called The Cabin, which was okay. like five episodes where he brought other comedians on. And he went and lived in the woods and did ridiculous stuff. Uh-huh. And he used to call his wife when he was drunk and high and stuff like that. And it would, it was, it was just he would ask her very emotional and serious questions, and it was hilarious. Um, uh, I'm definitely gonna watch that now. Uh, Sevon, the Sevi, the third leg. I, we talked about the third leg. That that's the gym. You want to talk about the third leg some more? The gym. I think. The, I think, frankly, given your audience, I think the most relevant leg is the second one because I think that right now, coaches believe that showing up to class and doing a great job and modifying for everybody is great coaching, and I believe that that's the first step to great coaching. It's the awareness step, and I think that there's. There's a really fun and valuable conversation that could be had around what is great coaching? What is world-class coaching? What is required to be able to deliver that to people? What should you receive as a reward for delivering that to people? Um, There's so much martyrdom in the fitness industry, in CrossFit specifically as well, no less so than personal training or anywhere else, where it's like, I don't do this for the money. Well, that's why you're broke. You should do it for the money and it should be the only thing that you were willing to do for money because you love it so much. You can't imagine doing anything else for money because you just love coaching so much. And so in order for you to only coach, you need to get paid enough to coach so you don't have to do anything else. In order to get paid enough to coach so you don't have to do anything else, you need to change people's lives predictably, consistently, and you need to know whose lives you can't change. 
And you need to be able to refer those people out to other people. And that, for me, that's the, the reason we educate gym owners is because we want them to be able to inspire and employ great coaches. The reason that we work with individuals is because there aren't enough great coaches yet that those individuals still need us. There's a day that will come that they won't need us anymore. What, what do you think about um, this phrase? I wish I had a bit better one to give you about bringing it. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Like that sounds to me like the, the moniker of like, you know, great coaches care the most. Yeah. It, it's bullshit. I, I, it is bullshit. Well, it, it's bullshit if you just say it and you can't define it. So right, if I right, ask, right. I, if I, I okay, you, I agree with that. I agree with that. Right. What does it mean to care? But okay, what does it mean to care? Have you thought about that? Of course, it's all I think about. And, and what does it mean to care? It's it's genuinely understanding what somebody needs, how they need to be, how they need to be spoken to, how they need to be heard, who they need to get their support from, and refusing to accept their money for anything other than what they need. So if somebody comes to you and they're not going to be able to get the results that they're asking you for in your group environment because they need nutrition coaching, they need accountability, whatever the thing is, right? And they're like, I don't want to start with nutrition coaching, but I will start with your gym membership. You are wildly aware that that person is going to fail and you sold them anyway. That's not caring. That is not caring. Caring is telling them, I will only take your money if I can do so in a complete way to solve the problem that you asked me to solve. I, you, um, it's, I'm, I'm selfishly, as you say all this, I think about it in terms of uh, my job. Well, your job, in your job, I would suggest that caring is asking people the hard questions that make everybody uncomfortable that are worth hearing the answers to. So whether that's yourself or your guests, right? Like one of the things I value most about Michael Cashew is a friend, the guy who you had on a few weeks ago that, um, yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's cool. We once had a conversation where he was like, Hey man, I want to do something with you. So what's that? He's like, can we talk for uh, an hour? And for the first 15 minutes, I'm going to tell you what you do really well. And for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to tell you what you really need to work on to be a better friend. And then you tell me for 15 minutes what I do really well. And the next 15 minutes, you tell me what I need to work on to be a better friend. And we decided to do it over two calls, each of them being an hour. Because is, this, really- is this serious or is it just, just a practice? No, 100%. But, but is it – do you know what I mean by that question? Like uh, – um- Was it to work directly on your relationship or was it a practice that you guys wanted to like, um, like you and I might go outside oh, and, I'm, friend, and our- I'd be like, Hey, let's race, let's race. And I, the thing is, is I don't really care who's faster me or you, Sean, but I'd need someone to, to push me and give me some stimulus. Yeah. Were you guys really racing to see who is faster? Were you guys really no. like trying to work on your relationship or was it a practice just so both of you could work on something? It's, it's both. Our relationship was good. And, okay. and, and, that's why we were able to do this. Okay. Right. Oh, that's like meditating when things make sure you practice things when things are good, because if you wait till when shit hits the fan. Yeah. My wife and I hired a sex and relationship coach when our relationship was at its peak. Okay. Because that's when we could say like, Hey, I don't like when you do that thing. Right. Right. Well, that could be a whole episode. Do you talk about that publicly? About what? 
my sex your, life. Yeah. Your sex and relationship coach experience. I'd be happy to talk about the experience with the coach. Uh, I, don't, are, I don't think, I don't think your audience, I think you're better off having her on, but uh, are, are you glad you did that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, someone was telling me about a uh, uh, experience they had with a relationship the other day. I'm like, run from that fucking thing. Dude, that, what that what that coaching helped me understand is the difference between being um, a really good husband, yeah, and being a really good man. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I probably could use some help with that. Uh, David Weed is he vaxxed? Uh, no, he's not. Uh, chiropractors me? don't get vaccinated. I yeah. did get vaxxed. I got so I'll, full. I uh, he's not vaxxed. a chiropractor. Sorry, yeah. he did I get got, vaccinated. Sorry. So what what happened for me was this: I made a deal with my parents. This is the true story. I'm very my, sorry. That's okay. My parents um, were asking me get vaxxed, be careful you're around. Be, get vaxxed, be careful you're around. And I was like, you guys aren't exercising. You do not get to ask me to change my life. Yeah. So that you can feel safer without changing yours so that you can actually be safer. So if you start exercising three days a week and watching the food that goes into your mouth, I will go get vaxxed because I've put more ridiculous things into my body in my life. That's not the thing that's going to kill me. Right. They started exercising three days a week. We, they got coaches from active life to help them do it. And I got vaccinated. Is any part of them like, oh shit, we're sorry? Uh, no. I think parts of them are like, yeah, we probably made more of a big deal out of it than it needed to be. But I don't think they're like, oh shit, we're sorry, because everything seems to have worked out. Ladies and gentlemen, do not ask your kids to take intravenous drugs. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I, in the, it's in the parenting handbook I'm working on. It's number dude, one. I saw, a dude, great, dude, I saw a great reel the other day. That uh, was, are you freaked out at all, Doctor Sean Pastuch? I, I was for a little bit. There, there was some time in my business when things were, um, we were spending a lot of money on investment, and and we were putting a lot of money out, knowing that it all wasn't going to come back at the same time. And I just don't like watching the bank account go down. It's a, yeah, it's a, me it's neither. A me neither. So, um, and it was going. Are you down. Jewish? Yeah. Oh God, you're a good dude. Are you Ashkenazi? Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, is your wife Ashkenazi? My wife's a Shiksa. What is that? Another kind of Jew? It's a non-Jew. Oh, Shitska. Shiksa. You know, my wife's an Ashkenazi. We got the we got the twenty three and, and me false mm-hmm. name, of course, uh, right. for one of the kids. He came back fifty one percent Ashkenazi and forty nine percent Armenian. Look at that. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Okay, That's so you're, what, you're married. So you're uh, uh, Jewish. Uh, uh, scared. Money going out. Money going yeah. out. Um, and there, and like, there were some nights where I was like, I felt my heart beating really, really, really hard. And this is before, um, anything came out about the myocarditis stuff. And I just never had a good feeling about getting the shots, even though I was like, I'm going to do it because uh, I just, I don't have a really good argument against it. I just, I don't look at a- my mom's in the comments. You're such a good son. Thank Blah. you, Rosemary. Blah. <laughs> 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 um, but so, but, but so I didn't, I it's one of those things where I'm not a virologist. I'm not, I'm none of those things. And I did not have a good reason not to do it. Right. I didn't have like, I could explain all this stuff that I heard on podcasts and watch on TV. And like, I don't trust that guy, but I didn't have a good reason not to do it. And the thing that got me over the top was, you know, protect the people around you. And I think frankly, they made a huge mistake with all of that because I experienced hurricane Sandy in Long Beach. 
right? The year before us was Hurricane Irene, not that big of a deal, but they evacuated everybody and that made it difficult for us to get back into town. So the next year when Sandy came, everyone was like, fuck you. I'm not leaving. Oh, wow. And so now you had cars, boats, everything was destroyed and people stayed behind. If I didn't have the flu, my wife and I and our pit bull would have been in our ground floor apartment when six feet of water came in. And you'd be dead. I would have. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a survivor. Yeah. You my would. mom speaks, my mom speaks fluent Armenian. Uh, so you would have put, you would have uh, done doggy style in the, in the basement. Uh, that, that, that's a, um, that's a great, that's a great story. And that's important. I, I do want to take this back to the beginning of the show. Um, Anyone who has any questions about what injections to take and they would like my opinion or how much weight you should hold over your baby's head. <laughs> I, I, I do see myself um, as uh, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I am very um, my I have a very I have a, I believe in my opinion a lot about how much weight you should hold over a baby's head, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a compromised position and when the baby's strapped to you and can't get away if the weight were to fall. I mean, can you imagine if that it's not even like that weight could hit the baby and push it away. No, that's a that that that's a that's a fractured skull. Yeah. Or if what if it fell behind the baby and decapitated it? Fell between the baby. I I just I don't understand. Okay. So anyway, I, I know some stuff about that stuff. I have some strong opinions. Um, Sean, um, I've never had. I can't remember a guest ever. Well, I like you. That's I'm going to say it like that. I don't want to reveal too much. I like you. Oh, I, I, I like want the rest me. of the compliment. I appreciate the light. No, because it reveals something about you that I that it's not my place to reveal. Go for it. Um, I'm circumcised. You, you usually, if a guest courts me, I run. Mm, I follow you. So and you, you what, and you and we had a little bit of a courtship process, and I and I and I was trying to ignore you. What you're describing. So what you're describing is you're trying to protect me from the audience knowing that I asked you to come on instead of you asking me to come on. Yes, yes. <clears throat> a friend of mine is uh, Chris Williamson, who runs the Modern Wisdom podcast. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. I was on his podcast. Perfect. It's a so, despicable experience. I should I should have listened to my inner voice and not have done it. I'm sure. I, li- I like him, but I hated the experience. Did you? Yes, I hated it. In- interesting. So anyway. But I, I asked- like him, but I do like him. Sure. I asked him how I could get on more podcasts. I was like, look, man, I know what we're doing is important. And in the past, I've always struggled with the idea of telling people they should interview me. Like, I'm who the fuck am I? Why am I going to tell people to interview me? They right. should just decide they want to do it. Um, and he was like, no, you, got, you have to reach out to people. You have to tell people that you want to be on. Um, and so I just uh, I took his advice. How's it working for you? Really well. I, I I hated seeing how many podcasts you've been on and how few views they got. And I just well, you're seeing you're seeing our podcast on YouTube, I imagine. No, uh, it was it was just you being on others like clips and like just mm-hmm. uh, other other ones that you've done with just other people, random people. As I was looking through, and I just I. I didn't like that when I saw that yesterday. I'm like, why is he doing so many podcasts? Here's the thing that you don't. Um, there's people who've asked to come on, and I think that they have something to say. And then I realize, oh shit, they just wanted attention. They have fucking nothing to fucking say. Mm-hmm. 
They have no Hurricane Sandy experience. They have no experience with a sex counselor. They have no experience at running a business. They have no experience with um, – uh, they're not willing to tell the story about how, why they got the injection. I mean do you know how many people just heard that story and are like, that's the exact same boat I'm in? I imagine I a be- lot. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's the most fucking relatable story has been on this podcast all year. That's the fucking – you just told it. No one's been – everyone's been afraid to say it because they're afraid I'm going to judge the shit out of them, which I am. Well, but, let's, but, listen, you don't have to worry about me fearing that. <laughs> um, uh, there, there's, there's only um, uh, two guests in prior history. Maybe I'm getting – it's because I'm lazy, but um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk you up as I talk myself up. There's only two guests in prior history, uh, Brian Shantosh and uh, Josh Bridges, that I ever scheduled immediately after the show is over. And I would like to add you to that list and have Sousa uh, reach out to you and, and schedule you back up for more um, it, more conversation. I, I got a whole pa- I got a whole two pages of notes. I didn't have to touch any of them. We can. Uh, there's a ton of stuff that I think you and your audience would enjoy that we didn't talk about, and I'd be happy to talk about it as many times as you want. Like you you said something that I think is important to 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 come back to. You said why why is he doing so many podcasts? It's practice, man. Oh yeah. It's practice. So I've said things today that I would not have been able to say the way I said them today. Had I not said them a hundred times prior. And there are some things that I said today that previously would have gotten me really nervous and saying them out loud would have been something I questioned whether I should do or not. Yeah. And I was able to say them today with confidence because I've said them in the past. I see no cracks in your armor. Zero. Well, I'm not, I don't have any armor on. That's why. Well, then per, yeah, there you go. What you said right there is per, the, people ask me, why are you doing a fucking Frisbee show? I do this weekly Frisbee show. Mm-hmm. And I said, because my guests give my, the guy I'm doing it with really cares. And I want practice. Mm-hmm. I want reps. Yeah. Well, I want you to know that every time you come on, I will give it my all. I will bring it. I will try to be as present as I fucking can and bring the best out of you. And I will take, I take you as a guest, like crazy serious, like have, all my guests, crazy serious. I have no doubt. I was impressed with um, just seeing that, like you guys asked me for content that you could review. And I, I hated that he did that. I hated that he did that. You like that? When Susan well, did that, I was like, why did he do that? Well, I, I, offered, <laughs> I, I offered it. I said, is there anything? Oh, I oh, oh, I'm like, this motherfucker just gave me homework. Well, but you did the homework. I did. Of course. I always do the homework. Yeah. I never come on. I'll work till three in the fucking morning. I'm not coming on here and getting caught off guard. Well, I, I was impressed by that. Yeah. I, oh, okay. You should, good. You should know that. I, like, yeah. And I I'm did, trying to impress my guests too. That's part of the fun. Trying to impress the guests. It's something I tell any young guy who yeah. comes to me or any, yeah. frankly, anyone who's like, Hey, you have a really good relationship with your wife. What, like, what's one piece of advice that you would give me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, stop trying to impress her and start trying to be impressed by her. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love being impressed by my wife. Yeah. That's, I love being impressed by my wife. Yeah. I like impressing her too, but I go course. out to the garage to watch her work out just because I'm, I want to be impressed. It's, it, it's the best way to impress somebody is to try yeah. to be impressed by them. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even think of it like that. Wow. I see what you're saying. We can, it's, it's a wormhole, man. It's a good one. It's a fun one. Um, yeah. You know, it's, but the if you reason- don't have a wife that's impressing you, you need to talk to her about that too. You need to give your wife time to show off for you. Showing off for your mate is cool. Or think about why you're unwilling to allow your wife to impress you. Right. Oh, what, that's what is, it, oh. what is it about you that like, if she's great, what, what's there? Right. Uh, Anthony uh, Mar- Martorano, Sevon. 
There's so much more to what Active Life is doing. The Pastuch method is something that the world needs to hear about. I can't believe you got the name wrong. Let's go. Let's do this again. Let's fucking go. All right. Uh, brother, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you having me, despite the fact that I courted you. And and your internet is kicking ass. Uh, you We set the bar low, and then we went uh, – we, we promised very little, and then we, we – uh, we we delivered what's that? There's some business line. We delivered on a lot or something. Under promise and over deliver. Yes. Yeah. Uh I will have a Sousa um uh hopefully reach out and maybe in the next uh, thirty days we can get back on and 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 get at it. We'll pick up uh, a little bit where we left off um talking about uh what don't what worry about having after- an agenda. You don't need an agenda, man. I I, did, I came on here today because I I enjoy your ability to be uh, transparent to say how you believe that it is. And I just, I enjoy conversations with people like that. Cool. So whatever, Thank you. whatever comes, comes next time. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, brother. All right. I will, um, talk to you, uh, in the next month. All right. We'll talk soon. All right, All right brother. Thank you. Wow. That is nuts. That guy's cool, right? That guy's crazy cool. Maybe I'll figure this shit out real quick here. Hold on. Did you guys like him? Yeah, good dude, right? Jay Hartle. Yeah, that's a good dude. He got all the friends. That's why I'm so fucking judgmental. I just... He likes he, he he's so sweet to Chris and to Gabrielle Lyons and he's just such a good dude. I'm just over here just like judgmental fucking. He's awesome. God, I have this friend that I wonder if I should say sorry. Hello, to. you've reached Haley. Leave a message. Okay, I guess we'll ask Haley. To, oh yeah, we're calling Haley. Find out if she needs a wedding ring or not. Or no, no, no. If I need to wear a wedding ring, how about I just have her on? I mean, everyone knows I'm married. Um, okay, so we're interviewing people again. That's cool. Don't hold weights, steel weights over your baby's head. Don't hold anything heavy over your baby's head, over anyone's head. Maybe your own head. Uh, Nathaniel seems a lot of people in here I've never seen before. Interview Jama. Who's Jama? Send me a DM with their Instagram account. Just buy a groove ring and start wearing it. I don't know. What's that? Oh no, I'm not doing the rubber. If that's one of the rubber ones, I'm not thinking, I don't think I'm doing that. I'm not a fan of rubber. It's one of the things in my old age. I've worn so many rubbers. I wonder I wonder how much I wonder how many toxins I've taken in from wearing all the rubbers I've worn. Oh, Jamal, Jamal Hill? Yeah. Dude, I have Jamal Hill's home phone number. And I can't and I can't get him on. Uh, did you see uh, Adam's talks with Boz and the psychic? I started watching it and I'm going to be completely frank with you. I was completely disgusted and jealous. Like, I didn't think I, I don't know if jealousy is the right word. I don't know if I experienced jealousy, but I experienced something that I was like, maybe disappointment. Uh, something was, I, I, something was amiss, but there's no, 
I'm I'm too stubborn and um, self-centered and arrogant to watch it. I can't. I cannot. Maybe instead of maybe instead of maybe I'll interview. I can ask Boz to come on and tell me and ask him about Haley. I'd like that. So weird kind of humility. Um, if if you think you might should wear a ring and are concerned about it, means you need to wear one. I definitely. Oh oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's do this real quick. Hey. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm uh, I'm almost ready. I'm going to come out there in a minute. The show went great. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that dude was way cooler than I ever imagined. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, I, I don't like le- that. I could learn shit from him. Awesome. I can't wait to watch. Um, I need to ask you something. Are we live? We are. Are we uh, Oh, okay. Do you want me to wear a wedding ring? Do you want me to wear a wedding wedding ring? Do you want me to wear something on my hand that lets the world know that I'm that we're married? The I never thought of it, honestly. Okay, good. All right. All right. Well, then the money that we were going to spend on say that again. I always have a ring on my finger, my ring finger. Oh, is it the one I bought you? Is it that gold one I bought you? Yeah, all the rings I own, you bought me. <laughs> oh. All the three rings I own. You own three rings and I bought them all for you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Four right. if you include the one from Armenia. It doesn't fit me. I bought you a ring from Armenia? I mean, of course I bought you a ring from Armenia. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> The boys are in the car. Okay, here, here <clears throat> I come. I love you. Okay, love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, great show with Sean Pastuch, um, not Pastuch, and uh, he is the uh, founder of Active Life, a sh- wealth of experience, both in the outside world and between his ears. Uh, he will be coming on again, hopefully in the next month. Uh, we'll find out if he really meant that he had a good time. But there's so much. That was fun. That was easy for me. And uh, we'll try to get him to change the name of Active Life to the Pastooch Method. I think that there's something a little more uh, um, uh, richer about that. I like, like the brand value, the Pastooch uh, Method. All right, guys. I uh, love you guys. I will see you. I don't think we're doing a show tonight. Uh, I never know. And um, I will see you guys tomorrow morning. I apologize for those of you who want guests. I think tomorrow morning is a live call-in show. But I will try to find us a guest and bye-bye.